Hello, everyone. This is Mark Davis, and I want to welcome you to the Gospel Explorations podcast, where we gather together each week to take time to explore God's Word to learn how we ought to live in this present age. I'm glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Let's jump into today's episode. Well, hello, and welcome back to Gospel Explorations podcast. Hope you're doing well today as we jump into Matthew chapter number four. Uh, We've uh, worked the first three chapters of Matthew, and now we're on to Matthew chapter four. And today we're going to look at the first four verses of Matthew four as we uh, begin this passage that deals with the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, open them to Matthew chapter four, maybe hop on your phone to your favorite Bible app and uh, join us over in the book of Matthew We're going to be in chapter number four, and we're going to read together the first four verses. So follow along as I read. The Bible says this, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, can that these stones be made bread? But he answered and said, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we find in this passage what we regularly refer to as the temptation of Christ. And uh, Jesus, the Bible tells us, was led here into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And um, and this comes right on the heels of Matthew chapter 3, where we just uh, spoke last time about Jesus uh, being baptized in order to identify with mankind uh, identified with sinners in his baptism. Now Jesus is being identified with sinners in their temptation. And so uh, we see these uh, correlations that are being made in the scriptures to help us understand who this Christ is, uh, that he was 100% God and 100% man all at the same time. And this really is a necessary part of his ministry. We know that because the Bible tells us the Spirit led him here to the wilderness. And it's a extreme contrast to what had just taken place in Matthew chapter 3. You know, in Matthew 3, we have him being baptized in the cool waters of the Jordan River. Here he's in the barren wilderness. We had the crowds that were surrounding them at the baptism. Now he's there in solitude and in silence. And so we see these uh, extreme uh, differences, if you will, uh, contrast between uh, Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter Four. Now, we need to understand a couple things going into this. Um, Jesus did not need to be tempted in order to help him grow. Um, rather, he endured temptation so that he could identify with us. We read about that even in the book of Hebrews. Uh, you can uh, take a look, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, uh, helps us understand that Jesus was enduring temptation so that he could identify with us and to demonstrate to us his sinless character. This is a this is a way that we can find in Scripture that Christ was tempted, the Bible tells us, like as we are, yet without sin. And so it's a picture for us to understand uh, that Christ, and he understands where we're at. He knows the things that we struggle with. He understands our difficulties, and he's set for us an example. He's demonstrated for us um, how to overcome temptation. And so we we see this from the very beginning here uh, as Jesus's earthly ministry 
is about to really take off. Now, the Bible tells us here in this passage that he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, we understand temptation is something that every single human being struggles with. Um, We all are tempted, the Bible says. Uh, The Bible says we're tempted when we're drawn away of our own own flesh, our own lusts. Uh, But Jesus's temptation here was not of his own doing. It was that of the devil himself uh, tempting him. And so um, it's 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 a it's a temptation, but it's probably different even than some of our own. Many of us struggle with temptation, but it's of our own sinful nature. And of course, Christ didn't have a sinful nature, and so he's being tempted uh, by the devil himself. Now, the Bible tells us in verse number two, and when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward unhungered. So Matthew points out to us that uh, Jesus is out here in this barren desert. Um, he's have he's in a severe physical condition. Uh, he's been fasting for the last 40 days and 40 nights, and the Bible tells us that he was hungry. Um, natural, right? That you would expect that. And it's often said that when hunger pangs finally return after such a long fast, it's an indication that the the person who's fasting is beginning to starve to death. Um you know, we know that you can go uh, no more than about three days without water, and uh, you can go literally 40-ish days without food. And so Christ is on the verge really here of um, starvation. I mean, it, his body is is really gone about the about as far as it can go, physically speaking, and uh, without food. And so that's an important thing to remember, because we're going to come to this first temptation here. And it's just painting for us a picture so that we understand uh, what's taking place in this passage. Now, as we think about this, this 40 days and 40 nights, um, this is a a familiar number that we find in the Bible. Um, We know that uh, in the days of Noah and even for Israel in the wilderness, um, this is a number that is repeated for us. Um, 40 days for Noah on uh, the ark. Uh, and uh, 40 years for Israel in the wilderness. So what we find here is where Israel failed, Christ succeeded. And so that's a, that's an important thing for us to take note of. And ultimately, he's going to set for us a pattern where we too can be successful in our temptation by following his pattern of uh, responding to temptation in a biblical fashion. So that brings us into verse number three, where we find his uh, the first temptation that comes uh, to Christ. In verse number three, it says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So we see that the, the devil, the tempter, comes to Christ. And notice that Matthew uses the word, he says, And when the tempter came to him. He, never, he didn't say if, but rather when, because it's never a question of if, it's always a matter of when. And uh, we will face temptation until we get to heaven. And so this is a pattern for us to understand what we ought to do uh, when we are tempted. Um, and, and, you know, of course, the Bible tells us again in Hebrews that Christ endured temptation, yet he did not sin. And so it's a pattern for us to understand how we can uh, follow in his footsteps to overcome temptation in our own lives. And so again, we need to remember what's taking place as Christ is coming to this point of temptation in his ministry or in his uh, life. 
And we see that, um, you know, he had been uh, engaged in public obedience to his father's will before the temptation. Uh, there was this humble frame of mind uh, before his temptation. Uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit before his temptation. There's this uh, spiritual um, high, if you will, as he's being baptized. I mean, there's all these things that are taking place. And then the tempter comes and says, you know, um, if you are the Son of God. Now, understand, maybe this could be better translated by saying, since you are the Son of God. He wasn't saying if, like he didn't know that he was the Son of God. He knew quite well that he was the Son of God. He was not questioning the deity of Christ. Um, he was challenging him to prove it through miraculous works. And he says to him, uh, if you're the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, what we find here is a temptation for Christ to use God's gifts for selfish purposes. And Satan suggests that Jesus would use his miraculous powers, if you will, to provide food for himself. And he said, command that these stones uh, be turned into bread. Now, the temptation wasn't necessarily against riches or luxuries, right? It, it was about bread, of all things. And we could say that maybe Jesus was being tested through his strengths and through his gifts. And it's not that Jesus had a problem with some supernatural help in feeding himself, because we even find later in this passage, the angels come and minister to him, and he eats that food. That's not the picture here. The picture is that he was submitting to the, the will of the Father. He was submitting to the Father's timing and all these things. And look what Jesus says in verse number four. What does he how does he respond to what Satan has to say, to what the tempter has to say? He says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So what does Jesus do? He quotes to him Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. And he says that every word that proceeds of the mouth of God is should be more precious to us than food itself. And so, you know, the picture here, you know, Satan is tempting him. And it's almost like Satan is saying, you know, hey, why starve yourself when, when you can just turn these stones into bread? But the picture that we're, that we're seeing here is that Jesus was submitting to the will of the Father. He was, um, he was following the Father's timing. And Jesus responds with, it is written. And it's interesting that Jesus relies on the power of the word of God to fight his this battle of temptation as a man. Let's be honest. Jesus is 100% God. He's 100% man. He could have easily rebuked Satan, and he could have done some miraculous response to him as being God. Yet, he didn't. Instead, he resisted him in a way that you and I can imitate and identify with. Uh, we don't have some supernatural power as Jesus Christ has, as God, but we do have the ability to use the Word of God to help us fight temptation. And so it's really remarkable that Christ shows to us a pattern, an example, if you will, of how we can deal with temptation in our own lives by using the Word of God. Charles Spurgeon uh, said this, that when the temptation came, out flashed the sword of the Spirit, and our Lord will fight with no other weapon. Uh, Jesus could have spoken revelations, but instead, what did he choose to do? He chose to say, it is written. And 
like I just said a moment ago, he could have he could have come against Satan with a display of his own glory. He could have even withstood against Satan with reason and with logic. But instead, Jesus takes the word of God and uses it as a weapon against Satan to overcome the temptation. And so it's a reminder to us that we too can effectively resist temptation in the same way Jesus did. You see, in this first temptation, Christ overcomes the temptation by using the Word of God. He sets for us a pattern that we can follow. And by countering Satan's uh, seductive lies, by shining the light of God's truth upon them, we too can follow in that same pattern when Satan comes to tempt us, when he comes to lie to us. We can use the Word of God to illuminate those lies and to point out the, the fact that we can overcome the temptation by the power of the Word of God. And so, the beauty here of this passage is that Christ is showing for us how we can overcome temptation even as He has. Not because we have the same abilities, not because we have the same power, but because we have the Word of God. We're going to pick up there next time and look at the couple more temptations that come to Christ. But let's be reminded that we can be armed against the fight for temptation just as Christ was with the Word of God. Thanks for listening. I hope that you've been both encouraged and challenged today. If you want to connect with us further, please be sure to check us out on the web at gospelexplorations.com. We look forward to having you join us again next time.